Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Oh my gosh, it's football time in Tennessee time. No, really, really, a game's about to happen time. Just a few days time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Monday evening. A little bit later than we like to get these out on Mondays, but you know, uh, we got work to do. It's preseason for everybody, right? For one more week? One more week? Still preseason time? Pat just said it's game time, but he said it because the volume was a little bit too low because uh, I hadn't turned it back up yet time. Because, again, guys, I guess it is preseason time still. But joining me, Patrick Brown, Ryan Callahan, fellow co-workers from Go Vols 24-7. Fellas, what's up? And doing well. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Pat, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, do you want to tell everyone about uh, Fort Rucker Studios' uh, technical difficulties during Jeremy Pruitt's uh, Zoom conference on yeah. uh, Monday? And during the recording <laughs> of this podcast. So in, in case you heard, and I don't think they've edited it out, uh, Jeremy Pruitt's <laughs> first... edited it out. There's no way. Yeah, Jeremy Pruitt's uh, press conference, the first one of the season, uh, or first Monday press pressure of the season begins with him taking questions or whatever and they're like all right we'll go to west and then i said something and apparently it couldn't be heard and he was like hey i can't hear you and i think that was like streaming on sec network too so that's good that's good that was a really it was good. the first question too that was the best part is oh, right off the bat it's like the first day of school and i'm and still you forgot your lunch and i'm still having those issues right now we are recording this podcast this is this is a true story <clears throat> we are recording this podcast on my uh cell phone hotspot because a certain provider of internet who i will not mention because who knows they might want to sponsor us in this podcast later um but right now if they wanted to sponsor our podcast i would tell them no because the internet sucks i'm just gonna go ahead and say it i won't say your company but you know who you are and your internet sucks I will say, Wes, given your track record of um, being audible when you ask questions during those press settings, I thought it was a gutsy move on your part to go with the first question. I, I, there were already like six or seven questions in the queue when I put the question in there. And uh, so they, okay. I don't know why, if it's just the first one at the top of the screen. I don't know. Bottom line, uh, internet provider, you can KMA 
and uh, this is this is what we're having to deal with. But guys, it is game week for Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee football. It's been a long, long, miserable off season. Uh, the spring spring camp gets cut after a couple of practices. Uh, a couple months, the guys have to spend at home. They come back, and they're still okay. They can come back and work out. Will there be a season? Won't there be? Then they change it from twelve games to ten game SEC only. But uh, you know, and, and with maybe twenty five percent capacity, most of these places are doing twenty to twenty five percent capacity on fans. But long story short, miserable off season, notwithstanding. Uh, we are now just about five or six days away from football time in Tennessee. The Vols going to South Carolina on Saturday night to williams Bryce Stadium. Uh, Patrick might be the only one of us who is there. I'm not quite sure yet. South Carolina, get your stuff together. Uh, but, guys, bottom line is it's football time, right? Well, uh, let me just kind of be the one to break it to you. I will be the only one there. Well, they, I didn't, did, did, did they send that email yet? Because they told me as of Saturday, uh, I asked them, and they were like, they were, were not sure. Uh, I was told they were only doing one per outlet. Okay, well, I'm glad we got that breaking news out of the way. <laughs> they didn't email me. Maybe they did, and I didn't get it on my freaking internet. So, breaking news, uh, Pat just informed me of my weekend plans. So uh, uh, I should I should have told you that before. I'm sorry. I'll 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 take the blame on that one. But uh, yeah, you know, it's it's um, I I keep wanting to say to people who are you know Tennessee fans, a lot of them on our board on the checkerboard. Uh, are talking about how they're nervous. There's always those first game jitters, whatever you want to call them. Um, and I keep wanting to be like, just be glad they're playing. Yes. But then again, if they go out there and play poorly, uh, maybe maybe that's not the attitude to take. But no, um, I, I know for you know for the coaches and for the players for Tennessee and for everybody else, um, and I'm sure a lot of people that have had a lot of tough decisions to make over the past several months. Uh, in the SEC and at Tennessee and elsewhere, um, this is obviously what they've been working toward is is the chance to play, and uh, Tennessee will get that chance this weekend. The SEC will get that chance this weekend, um, and you hope you just hope that you know we saw Houston and Baylor get canceled on Friday last week. You're just like, can we just get there just a few more days? Everybody be good. Like you know, let's not have you know. Uh, I think it would look really good on the SEC if they could find a way to get all of their games in this weekend. Um, and at this point. Uh, on Monday night, you're just hoping you're kind of have your fingers crossed. That, okay, let's let everybody let's do what we need to do and, and get to that point where where we can have a, a day full of SEC football on Saturday. Yeah, and and that's uh, uh, Patrick. Uh, I, I think it's interesting that uh, that it's fa- fans might look at it that way for five minutes Saturday night until the first <laughs> three and out. Yeah, back. yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. But it's it's just. They want football back so it's so that it feels normal, and normal football is being able to be miserable and angry if Tennessee loses. So people are still going to be uh, they're they're going to totally get past that feeling if Tennessee loses this game or something like that. But yeah, it, it is. It, I'm just glad we're here. I'm glad that it's happening. I'm glad that it's game week, and frankly, five days out, you know, unless something unexpectedly pops up at specifically Tennessee or South Carolina, we feel pretty confident that the game's going to happen. Um, I, you know, a few weeks ago, I wasn't sure. It would be at that point, but now that we've gotten uh, other conferences in the mix, now that a lot of games have been played, I think we feel pretty good. This is going to at least get off the ground, and, and we'll see how it goes. And uh, you know, we we don't you know know what to expect in some ways once it starts, but it's uh, it, it's exciting that it's here, and uh, I'd, I'll be glad to have football to watch, even if like like you said, Patrick, we can't be there along with you in person because of the weirdness that is 2020. But we'll we'll be able to cover it and still. Uh, tune in on the Zoom conferences and give all the coverage we can 
uh, but just glad to have football to cover again and, and football to watch. Yeah, we're going to have a lot more to talk about that in the second segment because this is going to be such a fascinating season in so many ways. And, you know, Pat Pat was just breaking our travel plans. You know, that, that will be – I think uh, there might be a couple of us in there for home games, but for a lot of road games it will be just one. And uh, that it's, it's weird how things work out that way because this will be the first time in, I mean, 15 years or so that I will watch a Tennessee football game other than where it's being played. Um, be the first time in like 15 years that's happened. It's crazy when you think about it like that. But it, it, it's such a different year for everybody. You know, it, it's just it, it's really really unusual, and and we'll have a lot of stuff to discuss about that in the second second segment. Did want to get to some news in the first segment though, because um, you know apparently I couldn't get my question across there in the uh, in, in the press conference earlier. Uh, but everybody else seemed to have a pretty decent time doing that. So there were a good 17 18 minutes or so uh, of an interview with Jeremy Pruitt on a Monday, which is just a little bit shorter than normal for that press conference um, but still plenty of stuff in there and uh, what I thought was most interesting guys and and, and feel free to disagree I thought the most interesting thing was Jeremy Pruitt saying they are fully preparing as if Cade Mays is going to be cleared to play even though that decision apparently has not come from the SEC yet so they're assuming that uh, the NCAA cleared him so they think the SEC will follow suit but until the SEC does that who knows? So, I mean, that to me was a little bit, little bit of a surprise. Yeah, and I think that's the way you have the approach if you're Tennessee. Um, you have to hope that the SEC is going to rule uh, in your favor. And um, I think as Pruitt has uh, pointed out on several occasions, it's the right thing to do for the league. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't get the logic of, of the league trying to have, you know, put his foot down on, a, on these last few transfers when I think in a matter of months, they're probably not even going to have uh, a say on first-time transfers anyway if the NCAA goes on and, and approve, uh, approves sort of a blanket waiver for everybody who transfers for the first time to be eligible. Um, I, I, don't, I don't get the logic of it. I know there will obviously be some coaches in the league that um, – because Kate isn't the only only case with this. I know there's some other coaches in the league who probably won't like it, but um, that's, you know, try to keep players from leaving your program and maybe you won't have this issue. So, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're Tennessee, I think you, you have to pray like you're going to have them and – um, and, and the thing with Mays is that he could legitimately play two, maybe even three positions on Tennessee's offensive line and improve those positions. So um, that's uh, that, that's why I think they've got to be um, preparing as if they're going to have him. Because uh, and let's be honest, you got to prepare everybody. I mean, it's it's going to be an all hands on deck type of season. Pruitt even said uh, on Monday that hey, we're traveling seventy guys and we're gonna we're gonna need them all. Um, and I know part of that's coach speak. You might not need if you travel two long snappers. You probably won't. Probably won't need both of them, but uh, you never know in this this kind of season. And um, uh, with Mays, I, I you know Tennessee's just they tried to be optimistic this whole time. They've had you know the optimism was uh, shaken a little bit, but uh, I would expect Pruitt to you know he's been on a couple of occasions now since since Cade was clear that he's been outspokenly confident about what the resolution is going to be, and uh, we'll just have to see if if it comes down this week or if it, it gets pushed into the season at all. Yeah, and, and like Patrick said, I think you do have to approach it that way. I, I don't, I don't think you had the option of of just sort of waiting. Uh, but that that flexibility and that, that versatility that Cade Mays gives you does make this a little more complicated. I think I'm guessing by now Tennessee has a pretty good idea of what the two most likely scenarios are. You know, with Cade Mays and without Cade Mays, if they have to play that way Saturday, but. Um, at the same time, because he could play right guard, he could play right tackle, he could even play left tackle if you really needed him to. Um, because he gives you that kind of flexibility, it, it does make it tricky. They've had to go through this entire offseason not knowing for sure 
whether he would be in there. And now that it's game week, you still don't know for certain yet. I think you'll get an answer in the next couple of days probably, but uh, at the same time, you'd love to know and, and be able to sort of have that starting five that we all focus on probably a little bit too much in coaches' minds. You know, I think they always feel like they're – as long as you've got seven or eight options you feel good about, that's what's more important. Uh, but but we always say that chemistry on the offensive line is sort of a, a variable there that you'd love, you'd love to not have to worry about that. And this group can't even really start to settle in to begin game week because they don't know for sure that Cade Mays is going to be in there. Yeah, I, th- I think that that does matter a lot. You know, who, who's – who's to your left and who's to your right in the offensive line, you know, it, it, it's not like you you can't go out there and have a guy who doesn't practice all week or whatever and then he plays like you can do at some other positions. It, it's not like you can't go do that at the O-line. But, I mean, it, it, it's O-linemen are creatures of habit. They will tell you time and time again that they like knowing who's to their left and who's to their right and sort of how you set up blocks, the timing on some of those combination things. It, it is a factor, but uh, I think in this season – uh, in 2020, just the story of this whole thing is going to be, you know, is everybody ready? Can you get everybody ready? Uh, because th- this whole thing about who's playing, who's not playing, what I'm trying to say here is we don't know going into this season, and you knew this was going to happen. I think it was a few weeks ago um, when Oklahoma's coach came out and said that he wasn't going to start, he wasn't going to ne- give lists anymore of, or give you numbers of guys who were out with COVID. And uh, Pruitt's not going to do that. It's just going to be like it's going to be through a lot of places in the league. You're going to show up on Saturday, and whoever is there warming up, uh, they can play, and the others can't. And and we're going to figure this out on Saturdays in most cases, unless a player comes out and says something himself because the coaches are not going to do that. Yeah, and I I just got to make sure I have my binoculars packed for Columbia because I'm going to be sitting up there (laughs) during warm-ups and checking each position group to see who made the trip and who didn't. Yep. Uh, and go from there and, and relay it back to you guys. But uh, that's, I mean, that, that's how it's going to work. I mean, I think uh, I think Georgia Southern, before their first game, put out a list. And they're like, there are 33 guys that aren't playing, which, first of all, that was a lot of guys. That's a lot of guys. Um, second of all, but they, they put it out like maybe an hour before kickoff. I, I don't know what the competitive advantage is to doing it that way. Uh, I get that you would want to do it during the week, you know, do it on Monday where you, you're giving the other team – seven day you know a handful of days to prepare for who you're going to have in there but um i'm interested to see if they do that i know there's going to be i sure i assume there's going to be some sort of swapping of medical information between the two teams that are playing uh are we do we think they for sure will between the team oh well that's that's the thing i I don't know i I assume that most teams you know most teams will want to know who that everybody traveled has tested negative if they're testing on friday so um I think maybe that information might be swapped, but uh, I'm not sure on that. Uh, I think I saw that with some of the SEC stuff. I don't know if that's a, an official thing or something that was reported, but um, yeah, we're you know, Pruitt's not going to come out and say you know on Tuesday that so and so is not playing. That's that's just not going to be uh, how it's going to go. And we're not you know we're not going to be a practice to see and take role of who's there and who's not. So uh, it's going to be sort of a, a game day right before the game kind of field where we figure out who who's going to be available and who might not be available and. Uh, if Tennessee's out X number of starters or what have you, we're not going to know that until right up until kickoff. Yeah, the, the Knox County Health Department is who needs to know. Uh, as long as, like, yeah. the Knox County Health Department knows who it is and the university knows who it is and they can do contact tracing and they can do the things they need to do on their end, I would love to know. I would love to report that information in some cases, but uh, uh, the world's going to continue spinning if we don't get that information until Saturdays. I don't think that's right. – the important thing is that the local health officials get it. That's who needs to have it. 
Now, I, I will say this. I, I am disa- I was disappointed Monday to hear Jeremy Pruitt say that they're not going to be revealing their COVID numbers each week. I, I totally understand and never expected for a minute that we'd hear a single thing about a name of a player who's out until game day. And even then, we might be figuring it out on our own. You know, We don't know yet what they're going to say Saturday, how they're going to handle that on game days. It may just be a player's not out there and they're not going to say much about it. You know, We'll have to find out. Uh, and, and just to be clear, for fans who are kind of maybe waiting – and saying we'll we'll know everything for sure Saturday. Schools don't typically, at least Tennessee has has not done this in recent years. Typically, don't put out their travel roster. You sort of just have to look and see who's on the sideline or who's on the bus uh, when you're there. So there's really not much you can do to get a full checklist of who's there, who's not. Um, you just have to piece it together yourselves. So uh, that's going to be even more important this year, obviously. But that that's we're not going to have you know documentation all, of all that. Uh, I mean, and maybe not even Saturday. So. Uh, it, that's going to be interesting, but I, I, I'm disappointed though to hear that they can't even discuss the numbers. Cause to me, what's the harm in saying 20 guys are out right now. We're going to get several more back by Saturday. You know, if that, if, for instance, if that was the number, what's the harm in saying that those 20 might not include a single starter. That's not a strategy thing. It's giving your fans an update sort of on where you are. It's letting people know how well you're handling things, which is sort of in the interest of public health. I, I don't see the harm in that. So that's a little disappointing to hear, but, I get it. Coaches are sort of paranoid when it comes to strategy on, on pretty much anything. Yeah, the, the the discovery of the travel roster, at least for me, has always been you pretty much you kind of literally write down who you think is on the travel roster, and then you're just checking position groups yep. warm up. You go one at a mm-hmm. time, check, check, check. Okay, this guy's not here. Uh, things like that. So that and and it'll be like that on Saturday night too. Yeah, and, yep. and, and, and as someone who's been around this league for a while, and I think all three of us obviously have have been around this league for a while, I do not expect any coach really in this league to be any more specific than he contractually has to be with, with injuries and things like that if they don't have to say it uh, they just won't say it They're, they are incredibly paranoid incredibly competitive guys there's a lot of money a lot of pride on the line here they're just not gonna unveil things if they don't have to and, and that's in some cases um in a lot of cases, actually, I think, you know, the older I get, the more I think, you know, okay, I understand that. I used to fight everything when I was a kid. I think we all do. We come out of J school and we're all like, oh, rock them, sock them. We're going to get all the news. And yeah, we don't care what happens. And, you know, you get a little older and you say, okay, is it really important that I, that I write this or, you know, and it's with things like that and injury, you're like, I don't know if I need to do that. Um, But in a lot of cases still to this day, I think why in the world would you care about this? Um, and Ryan, I think you're right. I, I think there's no harm in saying what number you have, as long as you're not saying who it is. Um, who? What's the what's the problem there? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what the issue would be there. It's not like you're giving people names. You're just giving them a number. So I don't know how that affects preparation in any way. I'm sure that the coaches would give you a way that it does. I don't really see one, but I'm I'm not a coach. I, I th- I'm not wired the way they are. Well, it, is, it strikes you as, as being worried about the perception of the fact that you're playing is what it comes off as. And that's why, to me, it's not a good thing because it's going to make fans wonder, are they keeping this under wraps because they're afraid to say how many players are still dealing with this and that they're still going forward with the game anyway and things like that. Because week to week, you might have a lot of criticism out there. of, Hey, Tennessee's got 20 players in quarantine right now or whatever the number would be. Why are they why are they looking at playing? You know, you might have some people who are saying stuff like that on the outside. I don't think you're going to get too much of that, but you open yourself up to second guessing. Maybe that's the reason for it. But strategically, like you said, I don't see much benefit to, to not revealing the number that you're dealing with. Uh, we know that 
what, a little more than a week ago on, on the Saturday when they had that scrimmage on September 12th. They were still dealing with 34 players being out at that time. We know they've continued to get some back since then. We just don't know how many. So it could be just uh, you know single digits. It could still be double digits. And there still could be several more who come back from that group before Saturday. So I think they're going to be a lot closer to full strength. But for now, uh, we're just going to have to wait and find out how close to full strength they are on Saturday. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because there are – there are just so many things. I'll tell you this, this would be the best season ever to be like suspended for a violation of team rules. Uh, because you know, if the coaches aren't yeah. going to say anything, they'll just imagine that you were in COVID quarantine or something like that. Like, so I'm not endorsed. I'm not uh, condoning this. I'm not saying go out and get in trouble, but you know, this would be the best year to do it. Probably. Uh, if you had to, if you had to pick one, if you were, if you had to, you know, kind of itch, it, if you had to scratch that rebellious itch at some point, this would be the year to do it, I guess. If someone suffers a concussion in practice or something, we may know any may may not know any difference this year. It may just be lumped in with all the other absences. Yeah, because because we're not seeing practice. I mean, I, again, I try to explain this to people. What we are, what the information that we've been passing along, and I think we've been doing a good job of this. Uh, the information we've been using on the website, it's not coming from what we're seeing in practice because we're not seeing anything you're not seeing from practice. We are seeing three to three and a half minutes or whatever it is of B-roll footage every day. That's what we're seeing. Uh, now we're getting, obviously we have access to people and we ask questions and we know people. We've been doing this for a while. So we still have things, um, but it's it, it's not like a normal year at all. And, and we'll have more about that in the second segment too. But before we get to that and before we go to break, guys, was there anything else in terms of, you know, what Jeremy Pruitt said to the press today, uh, what, what Derek Ansley and, and Jim Cheney said at the quarterback club? Anything really stand out to y'all? Uh, a couple things. Uh, one from, well, actually one from each. Three things. Let me get my mental list ready first of all Pruitt playing some stealth uh on the backup quarterback deal yeah Uh, it's gonna be JT Stroud I think we all know that I don't know that that's a secret although Pruitt uh said we're still trying to figure it out I mean it it, and it might not have mattered anyway what happened to Brian Maurer and Harrison Bailey but both those guys have, have missed time they've not got as many reps as they probably needed to make a real push and uh Stroud has shown a lot of improvement so credit to him for um emerging and, and taking advantage of the situation. Maurer obviously had a hamstring that slowed him for a couple weeks. Uh, Bailey was um, in quarantine for the first week. And then when Tennessee was so shorthanded, they couldn't roll through three and four groups in practice. So he didn't get as many reps as he might've otherwise gotten. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think it's any secret that Shroud is, is the next guy in, if anything uh, goes wrong for Jared Garantano uh, from the quarterback club. And, and Grant did a good job. Uh, hashing out everything that Jim Chaney and Derek Hansley said during those appearances. But uh, the big thing was uh, Warren Burrell uh, was working at free safety. Apparently Uh, I'm sure he's still an option at cornerback, but uh, the fact that he's getting some safety reps means that eh, maybe they might be dealing with something there Um, uh, to, you know, because that sounds like a contingency kind of move to me at least. Um, Yeah. You you wouldn't be doing that this close to the season unless you had to. Yeah, uh, and, and they've been they've been cross training. Key Lawrence is another guy that's been doing a little bit of both uh, corner and safety this preseason. So, uh, and, and there's a few other guys. Theo Jackson can play four different positions in secondary. They've got some guys that can uh, play across um, those positions back there. So, uh, if it's COVID absence, if it's injury, if someone gets banged up or turns an ankle in pregame, you know anything can happen. They've got other options there. I think they actually like the some of the depth they've got with their defensive backs, but. Uh, and the other thing with Cheney, and I don't know if this is a surprise, but Jimmy Holiday is working a little bit of quarterback, a little bit of running back. Might be an emergency quarterback situation because, again, uh, you just you never know uh, yeah. what might happen. You could 
be prepared all week and uh, you have two quarterbacks that can't make the trip because of tests or quarantine or what have you and um, you need your emergency quarterback a lot of NFL teams only carry two active quarterbacks on on game days so um, I think the Broncos on Sunday their quarterback got hurt early and their emergency third guy was a running back Um, and, and the SEC came out last week I think and said that you have to have one quarterback available for the game to be played that's one of the minimum thresholds for games to get canceled. Yeah, wouldn't you need uh, two? I don't understand that. And there were some people that were asking that, and, and I said my response was if you haven't – if you're an SEC team and you haven't worked um, some sort of hybrid Lynn Bowden uh, old offense with like eight plays in like it. A, like a single a receiver, wing. Yeah. yeah, or some sort of some sort of old time. You know, if you haven't basically tried to do what Kentucky did for the last half of last season – uh, and you get to a game and, and you're in that and you're in that that predicament that's on you because you've had time you knew this was going to be a weird season you should have at least kind of worked on that so those are the three things of, of all the information that we got um, from the head coach and from the two coordinators those are the three things that, that stood out to me how about you Ryan anything, yeah anything from you well definitely the backup quarterback thing was was the thing I was going to mention and I, I think that's uh, not not a not a, yeah, not a, not a foregone conclusion, maybe, but also I, I, I always assume that's a little bit of maybe keeping people happy, um, keeping the competition going, that kind of thing. Uh, we've seen this before where coaches don't always like to mention who the backup quarterback is until they have to just put someone in the game uh, to keep those guys competing, to keep someone from... And they'll know, compete I, throughout the season, I would think. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and also, I don't think this year you're going to have to worry about someone transferring midseason, but usually you're worried about that, keeping people around, so... I think just keeping those guys engaged and, and making sure no one checks out. But like Patrick said, I'm, I'm sure JT Shrout would be the guy if they were playing tomorrow, and I, I would expect him to be the backup Saturday. Um, you know, it, it, I, I think on the uh, yeah the, the Wildcat package or whatever contingency plan, to that point, just about every team in America has an athlete, a, a, a defensive back, a, a receiver. Somebody, somebody who, who played was, quarterback in high school. Exactly, who played quarterback in high school. So it's – to me, having one quarterback is enough because you usually have that kind of contingency plan. In Tennessee's case, they've got a few of those types of guys. We know Dee Beckwith played some quarterback at Florence High School, for instance. You know, in addition to a to a guy like Jimmy Holloway, Jimmy Holiday, uh, Jimmy Callaway did the same thing in high school a little bit. He was more of a running quarterback, but played some quarterback as a senior. So you, you've got some guys like that who have experience who can do that in a pinch. Um, you know, how much of that has Tennessee worked? Hard to say for sure, but you've at least got some options there. So I, I, again, and that's why it's not a huge concern that every team has two quarterbacks going into every game, but yeah, we, we could see some weird stuff this year and we'll see if that's one of them, but uh, Tennessee at least for now is in good shape and has, has three or four guys. that should be, as far as we know, should be available for Saturday's game. Yeah. It's going to be a really weird year in that way. You know, you're, you're going to see some guys that are, lining up in weird spots. I, I think it, it's possible that in some weeks we're going to see some walk-ons who, who are like, well, who the hell's this? You know, I mean, it, it's going to happen at times. It, it just is. And that, that's, that's going to be the nature of this thing because um, you, you're already seeing throughout college football right now, you, you've got a lot of weird situations with, you know, guys that are just not ready to go uh, for whatever reason. So I should say, I should say whatever reason it's, it's a COVID reason. We just don't know whether it's because they tested positive or because they got flagged in tracing, but it's one of the two, but there's so many fun things about this season uh, and so many things that are, that are kind of interesting and and kind of a tease in in some certain ways. And I think that that's going to make it, it's sometimes a little bit puzzling, a little bit frustrating, but I think it, 
it depends on how you look at it. It could be kind of fun. And what do I mean by that? We're going to talk about that in just a second, but we're going to pay some bills first, guys. Listen to products, services, and other fun things. Be right back here on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Govals 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products and services and in-house ads you may or may not have heard just a second ago. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Monday night, uh, Monday night football talk, as it were, with uh, Patrick Brown and Ryan Callahan who are coming to us from across town here in this uh, socially distanced world in which we're living. And we're going to talk a little more Tennessee football in 2020 and all that good stuff coming up. But before we do that, I'm going to ask this again, guys. I'm going to say this all the time, and you're going to get sick of hearing it. And you know what? I don't care because I'm going to say it. Please go in there, rate and review this podcast. I don't care if you're subscribing to us on um, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or you know iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you're getting this, anywhere in the Google marketplace, wherever you are getting this podcast, please hit that subscribe button. Please go in and take just a couple of minutes. Please take a couple of minutes and just rate and review this podcast. We're happy to do this for free. Really, we are. But... Uh, one thing that would be nice uh, is if you would go in there and do that. That would be a big, big help to us. So please go do that, um, and we would appreciate it. Guys, with this season coming up here, I I know that um, it's going to be a lot different because there's a lot of things that we don't know, right? Uh, And going into any season, there's always things that we don't know because if we're watching practice, we're sitting there for what? Give or take, I don't know, 15 to 20 or 25 minutes or so. Uh, during a regular day, whatever it is that we're out there, uh, there's still a lot you can see, and, and I think we we've learned over time how to how to see a lot of things when we only have a few minutes. Uh, we we've kind of had to do that over the years, so we've learned to do that. Now we're getting just B-roll. We're not getting anything else. So even from our end, we're having to talk to people, kind of you know on the record, sometimes off the record, figure out what's going on. But there will be so many things about this season that will also be just really really different for us and. and I wouldn't want to do this all the time, but you know what? It's it's almost kind of fun in some ways, isn't it? At least a little bit. That that it's kind of like there's exciting in this unknown. Uh, I'd kind of rather know. <laughs> really? <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I, I think I think I think we'd all rather know, but I think it's kind of fun because we get to go into a season almost in some ways like a fan does, kind of where you're like, I, I want to see what these guys got. You know, that's what I, that's what I'm trying to say. Well, that it, it's it's easy to say that now, but then. You know, say Tennessee comes out and plays poorly, and, and people are wondering, well, why are they doing this? And you're like, I don't know. I haven't watched them practice all preseason. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, um, you know, why is this guy playing? Well, we, we haven't seen what they've done in practice to know. So, um, no, but I, I get what your point, Wes. I mean, th- this is 
uh, as and this is for everybody. I don't know how the, the folks in, in Vegas are making odds. I don't know how they're putting lines on games without knowing who might not play, who might play, uh, how much teams have practiced during the, the preseason. Um, it's just going to be hard to know. Um, and that, and even just on a weekly basis, you don't know what the, uh, um, you know, what each team's going to look like. You know, you, you, you might not find out till Saturday afternoon that the starting quarterback didn't make the trip or something like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it makes it more exciting, but maybe that's also why a lot of, a lot of Tennessee fans maybe sound nervous because they're going on the road. They're playing a team that, uh, if all things were equal, Tennessee probably should be favored over. Um, I think they have a better roster in the South Carolina, but, um, because of what's going on this preseason, you just you, you don't know how sharp they're going to be. You don't know if they're going to go out and you know commit ten penalties. You don't go, you don't know if they're going to go out and and miss a bunch of tackles and all these things. And um, maybe that that gives you some uh, a little bit of nerves to go with that usual. The season is here, kind of excitement. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of like Wes. I I think it is kind of more exciting in a way. Although we've kind of gotten used to this in recent years, like even though we usually see more, as you said, we usually, you know, you can pick up on how they're rotating players at a certain position. You know, we can see in some drills, some basic early drills in practice, who's running essentially with the ones and twos and things like that. So we, we, there's maybe less certainty about things like that. At the same time, we, we've heard enough that we probably have a decent guess at where things stand that way, but I'm sure that there still might be some surprises. Um, but in recent years, you know, we don't get to see scrimmages anymore like we used to 10 or 12 years ago. Uh, you know, things like that. So we were, we've always been in recent years kind of in the dark a little bit, but this year it's, it's a little more so because we just haven't seen anything. We haven't gotten to see again. And when Wes says B roll, the the video we're getting sent by, by UT after some practices, not even all is just a lot of, a lot of guys walking around and stretching. It's a lot of, (laughs) it's a lot of not action. You know, it's, we're not seeing here. They are walking out of the building here. They are walking back into the building. I mean, and that's not complaining. I'm just saying we're not getting, they're not taking video the same way we would, uh, where we're looking for, to give you guys some clips of guys in action doing things. So you can kind of see the athleticism of some guys and how well they're moving. We're not, we're, we're getting less of that even than usual. So I don't think these freshmen, we have a great feel for how they've looked so far. Uh, I, I don't think we have it as good of a feel for maybe how this, how this team just kind of passes the eye test at some positions, maybe at wide receiver. I think there's, there's definitely some unknowns there. Uh, and, and that let's face it with this season, just the setup, as we've talked about, that may be the way it is all year, but especially going into this first game it, and let's face it, Tennessee's coaches are kind of in the same boat. I mean, they really haven't gotten to see this whole team practice much at all. Um, and, and anything close to the full team practice really uh, for a while now. So they're just now getting back, closer to full strength that that i'm sure gives them some unsettling feelings going into a season opener it's it's a real concern i think if you're tennessee and you've had all these guys that missed time i mean jeremy jeremy pruitt's talked about needing to get the guys in there who are who are going to be carrying the ball and get them get them hit a little bit this week so that you're not having fumbling issues on on saturday things like that you've got to worry about that now because you've had so many guys sidelined by all the the covid quarantines and and to me that that makes this season opener more of a crapshoot than usual because it's not just that we don't know what to expect. It's that coaches don't really know what to expect. They don't know what they have in some ways because they haven't seen their full team in a while. Well, I think – Oh, go ahead, Pat. No, uh, it, it's funny you point out the B-roll. I mean, uh, I don't know how many people have, have maybe had comments about the practice highlights that we've shown in the past. They get probably mundane when 
you've been doing it for three months. Uh, it's the same section of practice we get uh, every day, but those drills are a lot more, a lot more revealing than uh, what we've been getting uh, over oh, yeah. these past few weeks for sure. But uh, another question I think where Tennessee is, it would be a concern for me going into the first, uh, going into Saturday night is, is special teams because uh, I think Pruitt said last week for the first week they didn't even have any specialists. So how can you work on kickoff team with uh, no one kicking the ball, you know, like, like it would normally <laughs> it's, look. A, it's an important part of the process. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, so many guys in and out, it's hard to have any consistency in terms of, okay, you're trying to figure out who's best in this position on the kickoff team, who's best in this position on the kickoff return team uh, because they are um, because they've had so many guys in and out. And, and a lot of these guys that have been in and out, maybe were guys that were, would be good candidates for those positions. Tennessee's still kind of playing catch up there and, I think if you're the coaching staff, you're just looking to maybe get through uh, Saturday's game. Like, let's not give up a huge return. Let's not give up a backbreaking special teams touchdown. Let's not get a punt blocked or something like that. Because uh, I think down the road, I think Tennessee has enough depth on its roster now and enough talent where uh, they could put a lot of young guys on on those units and, and get those units to be close to what they were last year, which is pretty solid. So, uh, and, and that's maybe, you know, maybe if you're Tennessee's coach staff, you're just trying to find a way to get through this game. You're just trying to find a way. Um, and, and maybe that's uh, that, that's sort of the mentality they've had to take over these past few weeks is they've just had to find a way to get better, find a way to practice with 40 guys missing. You know, they, they've had to make the most of the situation, and, and now they've got to carry that over into the season. And um, I, I think Tennessee's coaches know maybe more about this team than, than maybe we think that they do. That There's a lot of veteran guys on this team, uh, a lot of guys that have returned. Uh, and that have played a lot. Some positions they don't have anybody that's played, like a tight end. Who knows what to expect out of any of those guys? Because some of those guys have played a whole lot. Um, maybe even that linebacker too. They got a lot of talent there uh, alongside Henry Toto, but none of those guys have really played a lot of snaps at those positions. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's you know that's the question mark for me is is you know getting back to special teams and then uh, as coaches, I think they're you know. I think they like some things about this team, and there are also some things that they're like, well, I don't know what we're going to get, but I hope it's good. Yeah, I think that there are times where, like, and, and you know, we, we talked about how we, we kind of we learn how to see a lot of things when, when there's not much out in front, there in front of us. There are times where, like, I'll, I'll look at, um, like, a picture from practice and go, why is, this, uh, why is this starting wide receiver being tackled by a walk-on who I don't really know of existed until right now? Uh, that would not be happening um, in a lot of cases. So obviously they either have uh, way too many guys at this position or not enough guys at this position. And you're just guessing at that point, but but that's the way our, I think our brains have been trained to work over the years is when you see something, you go, why is that there? Why is this guy tackling that guy? Uh, why why is why is this the entire starting offensive line, but then there's one walk-on in there? Or does that mean they only have like one guard right now? What's happening? And that's how you start to think over the over the years. But I, you know, in terms of the things that that could happen in this game, that you know, in terms of of learning what to expect or how much unexpected things we could see, think about that very first game of the season, that FCS game, where Austin P lost a game largely in part because it had three long snappers on the roster that it really liked. This is an FCS team that had not one, not two, but three quality long snappers. So, hey, good job identifying those guys, uh, coaching staff. But all three of them, because they were roommates, were knocked out with the contact tracing and everything. So I guess one of them got it and the other two just lived with them. So he was out too. And they had to play that game with, like, a guy who, had, who was not a long snapper. So they had three bad snaps in the game and they lost a close game. 
So those kind of things I think at one are point weird. they just went to snap it to the quarterback and he punted, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And, and that's, that's I mean, and I'm not saying that that's exactly what would happen to Tennessee this weekend or, or South Carolina or anyone else, but when you start to think about how weird things could be, that's where your brain goes right now is, man, this could get kind of weird. And there's part of me that's like, that's really unfortunate and I hate that it's happening and it sucks so much that our world is like the way it is right now. But there's also that part of my brain where I'm like, you know what? It's at least purely from a sporting perspective, it's kind of entertaining. Yeah. And, and coaches by their nature are, are, are wired to always be thinking of contingency plans. I mean, I've heard coaches say you can never have enough centers because that's why you'll see six guys snapping the ball before every game. Yep. Um, and, you know, they're wired to always think about, okay, if this happens in the second quarter of our game Saturday, we got to have plan B, plan C on down the line ready to go where we can just, you know, put it in, put it into action. So, um, and this reason, you know, this season and the circumstances gives those coaches uh, kind of reasons to just run wild. Um, but from Tennessee standpoint, obviously, I think it, it I don't want to say it's unfortunate because, I mean, it is what it, is but uh who was not practicing how many guys they didn't have i mean that kind of became the theme um yeah, and, it and 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 i don't i don't know that it needs to be i don't want to say you use it as an excuse i don't want to go that far but um if you're tennessee you practice the way you practice so that as you know as you say you can get everybody ready everybody takes the same amount of reps all that stuff um and that's true if you've if you've seen tennessee's practice and i think they've had a couple open ones there's some fans if you've gone to them They've got two groups running at the same time. If you've seen their practice field, they got two fields right next to each other where they've got two groups going out of time. Um, and with 120, 125 players, you can roll four groups in at a time. Um, now that fourth group may have a bunch of walk-ons in it, but as you mentioned, West, those cuts might be on the travel roster for a game this season. You never know. Um, and so the way they practiced, um, you know, you should be more ready than uh, maybe some people might think when they've had, 40 plus guys out for a stretch of the preseason. So, uh, but yeah, that, that's the contingency plans. That's, that's another fascinating part. And um, this is, a, this is new territory for all these coaches for Nick Saban, Kirby smart on down the line. This is not something that they have uh, prepared for. Now, some other coaches, you know, uh, some other programs may be better suited to play their the 80, 80th through 85th guys on the scholarship list. Yes. Those guys might be better at some places than others. Um, but how well you prepare everybody on your team from one to 70, if you're on the road or one to however many you get to dress at a home game, um, how well you prepare all of those guys, you know, that could determine if you win a close game this season or not. That's just the way it is. And, and, and as you mentioned, Wes, and I agree with you, I think that adds an element of, of excitement to it. And um, if you're a coach, I, I would take that as a challenge to say, all right, things may get weird this season. Things may go against us, but, I'm going to get my team ready and I'm going to have my guys on down the line uh, all the way down the roster ready to go and, and play and, and help us and help us win games this season. Yeah. It makes you wonder. Yeah, the, oh, go ahead, Ryan. I was going to say that the uncertainty this year has, has it got to the point where this, as we, as we started to make our season predictions and, and think about this game coming up Saturday and you know how we see this playing out, it, it kind of made me think, what position groups, knowing there's some uncertainty, know they've had, knowing they've had some guys out, knowing, for instance, that their defensive line has not had a great preseason, knowing all those things, it's like, what position groups do I feel certain enough about to say, 
I think Tennessee has a clear advantage here or that Tennessee's looking pretty good here. And it was a pretty short list of positions that I started to think of that I said, you know, I, I think they're going to be pretty good Saturday. Um, and, well, and knew that with some and, level and of certainty. It, the so. component is because South Carolina might have some of the same things too. That's what makes it, you know, right. that, that's what's, what's so weird exactly. about this. Yeah. And, 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 and the other thing is, so, so Patrick had a good story on this Monday looking at the biggest question mark for each position group on the Thank roster. Thank you, Ryan. And, and some people looked at that. I, I thought there was an in- interesting comment on the, on the checkerboard on GoWalls 24-7 uh, saying, you know, it's, it's interesting you can read certain articles and be like, we're going eight and two for sure. And then you read stuff like this and you're like, we'll be lucky to go five and five. <laughs> and, and that's, what, I mean, that's kind of what we do though, right? Like we, we're trying to give you both sides of things going into the season because sometimes you don't know and, and all you can do is sort of lay out the information and explain it. But in this case, I think it is helpful to remember this team does have some question marks, and then you throw all this uncertainty on top of it. It there, there really is a pretty wide array of, of things we could see from this team Saturday night, and and there are reasons to be concerned about this team in some ways. But at the same time, they've got they should have a pretty good secondary. We think um, they they should have a pretty good offensive line. We think they've got a fifth year senior at quarterback. They've got some experience and talent at running back. There's a lot to like, a lot to like it. Even the other positions I didn't mention. There's just some unknowns. So. Uh, a lot of intrigue about this game, but I, I, I did think about that as we started to kind of break this game down. I'll be looking forward to reading your matchups piece on Thursday, Patrick, to kind of see how you assess things. Uh, looking Hashtag at run tease. Game. Yeah, good yeah, luck, good luck with that, versus Pat. versus run defense, things like that. Um, but as, as you look at that, it's it really is kind of hard to assess where these two teams and might be. South Carolina is sort of a, a wild card in the SEC this year to, to me anyway, and this is a huge game for them. It's kind of their – I've, I've kind of said it's their season in a way because if they lose this one, that tough schedule they've got look, starts to look pretty bleak. So they, they really have a lot riding in this game. But all the uncertainty on both sides, a new quarterback for South Carolina that Tennessee's not faced before that, that Jeremy Pruitt's familiar with in, in Colin Hill, but not a guy that Tennessee has faced before personally. So a lot of unknown about this game, and, and that, that definitely applies to Tennessee, and we'll see how much that's how much it impacts them that they've not had everybody out there at the same time. You know, They need this running game in particular, to be good right off the bat. And I'll be really interested in seeing if that time that they've had guys miss on the offensive line in particular sets back the run game at all to start the season. And that's and I might be crazy um, for thinking Tennessee will come out and look like a finely tuned machine. Uh, first of all, Ryan, you, you did point this out. This is a huge game for both teams. Uh, if you're Tennessee, you win this game. You've got Missouri at home. Uh, that should be a game you should win. Uh, so if you can, if you can get – out of Columbia with a win, just find a way. I don't think anybody will complain if you win by three or if you win by 30. Um, you have a good shot at going 2-0 going to Athens. And if you're, if you're South Carolina, they go to Florida in the second week. Yeah. So if you lose this game, you're staring at 0-2, and, and that that's not a situation I think Will Muschamp wants to be in. Um, but getting back to, to Tennessee, uh, I, it, and we're going to have this uh, in the Go Balls 24-7 roundtable on Tuesday. Um, but how sloppy will Tennessee be? And, and part of the reason that I, I think they might not be as error-prone as, as maybe they might be given what's happened this preseason is you've got a senior quarterback, you've got a lot of veterans on the offensive line. They should know what the cadence sounds like. It's not like they're playing in front of a however big South Carolina Stadium is. I think they're only, av- I think they're only having 20,000 people, which still could get loud, but it's going to be a, you know, a fraction of the decibel level you're going to be used to you got a lot of seniors on your defensive line that know not to do you know jump off sides things like that um they've got enough veterans in some key positions where i think they can limit those things just based off experience whether you know whether or not you've practiced a bunch or not so um 
and you know, and, and we might hear we might hear Pruitt say this uh, Saturday night, depending on the outcome. But what's what's the number one maxim? Team that makes the fewest mistakes will win. Well, <laughs> I'm expecting a lot of mistakes on on Saturday night from both teams, um, and so whoever can uh, can avoid the big ones uh, and avoid uh, a lot of them probably is going to win that game. That's what it's going to come down to more than who's available, who's not, what the roster say, uh, and all those things. Well, I think there's there's a couple of interesting things here to remember before we step out of here, and we'll have more time to discuss this, you know, in a podcast or two later in the week. But I think when you, when you look at South Carolina, you know, we've talked about this season of uncertainty, right? Uh, South Carolina, you know, Tennessee's doing this with a second-year offensive coordinator, with a fifth-year senior quarterback uh, who's had the same head coach for three years, got a bunch of veteran offensive linemen, some some running backs that he knows. South Carolina is going through the the same situation Tennessee is, more or less, and they're doing it with a brand-new offensive coordinator and a starting quarterback who transferred in. So they've got a lot of unknowns in this, too, like a ton of them. And the guy who was supposed to be maybe one of their best weapons on offense, the, the, the touted freshman running back, uh, he's out. So, you know, th- there's lots of, th- there's, there's lots of issues for the other team too. And, and South Carolina's doing this. I wonder in some ways if Colin Hill won that starting quarterback job at South Carolina because of how well he knows Bobo's system. I wonder if that was a huge part of it because of all the uncertainty they've had and Hey, at least this guy knows this system and they'll be on the same page. I wonder if, if things like that matter because South Carolina has got a lot of questions too, a whole lot of uncertainties. Which you know, I guess, could be good things, right? But but also could be could be rough. Yeah, I I think that's definitely true, and I, it's got it's to the point that I wonder if are we going to see sort of a vanilla game plan in a way on both sides, maybe because of limitation. You know, if you we know that wide receiver has been hit hard, for instance, for Tennessee, and we know that they've got some freshmen they would like to play. Do, does your desire to get some guys like Jalen Hyatt? Malachi Weidman, some of those guys on the field, maybe hold you back a little bit in what you run Saturday. I, I don't, I don't think it does. But when you're talking about the the kinds of missed practice time, where we're, I mean, Jeremy Pruitt mentioned a few weeks ago, 48 guys have missed two weeks or more of, of preseason preparation at some point or another because of COVID quarantines. When you're talking about that kind of setback, that that might affect things, especially as the, the absences have gotten closer to the start of the season. So I. Uh, we've seen it in a lot of early games who runs the ball the best had often dictates a lot of what happens in some of these first week games, especially Uh, if that's true of Tennessee to to me, that bodes well for them, but they they've, they've got to make sure those absences on the offensive line don't set them back a little bit, but they do have the veteran running back in Ty Chandler. They've got Eric Gray, a promising second year guy. They've got what should be a good offensive line. No reason to think that doesn't work in Tennessee's favor. You, you've got to like that about the matchup, at least. And, and there's one other thing about the season is, uh, and I don't know how much we talked about this when, when Pruitt said it, but all these absences, you know, guys missing games, what have you, that's going to open up the door for other players to step up and get their chances. I mean, we've seen it with uh, Javante Spragans this preseason. I mean, he was a guy that offensive line had some guys out, so he got some run with the first team over a couple of weeks. Looked pretty good. And so now he's a guy Tennessee knows – you know, if they need to, if they need to get down uh, in the depth of the offensive line a bit, they can put him in there and he can probably get the job done decently well. Um, so that, that's the other thing about the season is it's going to open doors for players to um, to step up and contribute. And, and, and I think that that might be a good thing for Tennessee because we saw a lot last year where, you know, there were some unlikely guys that emerged to make a key play or deliver key performances. Guys like Jerome Carvin was 
Uh, they were thinking about redshirting him, and then they put him in against Mississippi State. He ends up taking the right guard job and starting the rest of the season. Uh, help, you know, helped them win that game. Uh, guys like Kevon Bennett stepped up. You know, Sean Schamberger got a chance because Balaam Buchanan had his situation and, and did a great job. So um, that that's what I'm, and that's where if you're Tennessee, maybe there is some reason to be excited because you've got a coaching staff that can develop guys. They've shown they can get guys that maybe uh, aren't the big names or aren't the starters that that you know can go in there and, and give you a, uh, some good snaps and get the job done for you. And, and you're going to need a lot of that this season because that's just the unpredictability of the situation and the circumstances. And uh, it's going to be like that for for you and everybody else. Last thing, guys, before we step out of here, though, how fun is it that we're talking about a football game that's going to be played in five days now? I mean, how with everything that that has happened, and you know, this is me knocking on wood right now. You can hear me knocking on wood because let's just get Don't to give Saturday. it the West kiss of death. I, that's Don't why do it. That's why I knocked on wood. That's why I knocked on wood, even though that means that the dog might start, who's outside this door, might start barking now. But I, I, I think that it's important. To, to note that all these things that we're talking about, and I'll probably write a column about this this week, all, all of these things that we're talking about, all of these questions about, oh, this is so important for, for both teams, and, and it is um, because there's a lot at stake here for both of these teams and both of these coaching staffs, and, you know, it, it's SEC football. You're happy when you win and you're miserable when you lose. But we're, we're sitting here after all these several these past several months that have just been a, just a, awful. They almost said a bad word. They've been awful. But we're talking about a game that's going to be played in a few days, and I think we shouldn't get lost. We shouldn't let that get lost. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I, it's not – I'm not losing sight of it, but like I said, I, at the same time, if Tennessee goes out there and stinks up the joint Saturday night, fans aren't going to be saying, glad football's back. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not going to be looking at it that way. And that's good. That's, I'm, I, I'm ready to have that back too. You know, I, I want all this back. I want – I'd love to see you know 80,000 fans in the stands Saturday night in Columbia. I'd love to, to be there myself. I'd love for all that to be normal. But you know what? Part of the normal of football, what makes it fun is the almost overreaction to everything. <laughs> and that's, that's going to be part of it Saturday night too, win or lose. One of these fan bases is going to be down on everything and really miserable because of how much this game means to both teams. South Carolina could be looking three and seven square in the face with their schedule if they lose this game. Tennessee – might not have such an easy path to a winning season or even a 500 season if it loses this game. There's a lot on the line here. So I, I, I'm glad that we have to have to talk about that side of things. But yeah, I'm glad to have football back in general as much as anything. And I think that's the thing that we just shouldn't let get lost right now. You know, I mean, we'll have time to argue about all these things and I'm sure we will, but for at least for the next few days, let's just try to be excited that this thing's almost here, you know, because who knew that we were going to have it, you know? And, and hey, football that's neutered is, is still football, right? I mean, it's still it's still going to be fun. It's SEC football, and, hey, it's a 10-game SEC season, you know, knock on wood. So, I don't know, guys. I think, I think, I'm, I think there's a lot more to be happy about than anything else, but that could be, that could be West, just me. What's the sunshine pumper? I think I am right now. This is me pumping sunshine here at, you know, whatever it is, 10, 15, 10, 30 on a Monday night. I'm pumping sunshine. Are you all going to get in my way before we step out of this thing? Not at all. No. Nope. Then I think we'll leave Keep it the at sunshine that. flowing. <laughs> we'll do that. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Wes. Thanks, guys, thanks for tuning in, as always. Just a lot of thank yous going on. You know, coworkers thanking each other, guys thanking their customers, their their listeners. Just a lot of thanks going on. So it's, it's a time to be grateful. Let's be grateful. Just for once in our lives. 
thanks for tuning in as always. We appreciate it. You can find all of us on Twitter. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan's Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, just the facts, you can go get that at twitter.com slash goballs 24-7 or you can go to facebook.com slash goballs 24-7 where uh, there's tons of Tennessee stuff there throughout the day, all kinds of fun stuff. Please, please go check that out. Or if you want that delicious East Tennessee Mountain spring water just just right from the tap, go get that at GoVols247.com. Always got a lot of good deals going on. We got one right now. Go check it out. Uh, and if you're already a member or if you just want to go ahead and pay us full price, when you do that, you get access for free in perpetuity to CBS Sports All Access. Or I should say CBS Sports All Access. That's part of it. But CBS All Access, which is CBS's streaming platform, uh, you got all kinds of stuff on there. Everything in the CBS catalog, every show that's ever been made, commercial-free, new movies in and out every month, live sports. Uh, you got you know SEC football. You got college football. You got uh, NFL football. You got college basketball when that comes around, NCAA tournament when that comes around. Got uh, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, uh, World Series of Poker stuff, all kinds of fun stuff. And also uh, you got Smithsonian Channel on there. You got MTV, BET, uh, Nickelodeon, all kinds of fun stuff on there. So go check that out. If you if you pay us, which is less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access for free, no questions asked. That's about a hundred dollar annual value that we're just going to put in your pocket. So go take advantage of that. Yeah, sixty percent off this week too. Sixty percent off, as Ryan says in the uh, muffled tone that I've got his voice turned down to right now, which is about the voice tone that he should be at all the time, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, 60% off. Go check that out. And uh, if nothing else, you'll hear from us just a couple days from now as uh, we'll have a couple more of these things before Saturday's game. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.